0: Alright dads, today is September 11th and it has now been 18 years since that day that changed the world. It's hard to believe it's been so long because the memories of that day are still so fresh. Yet, when I look back at all the things that have changed in my life since then, it puts it into a more measurable time frame perspective. In fact, my son Chris had an assignment from school yesterday to ask his parents about their 9-11 story. And while I reflected on my own experience that day, what stood out to me was just how different my life is since then. In 2001, my parents were still alive. I hadn't yet met my wife. I didn't have any kids. I was living in a studio apartment. My license was suspended from a DWI and I was still a month away from being legally old enough to drink. I was working for the railroad and the thing that sticks out to me about that day most is the patriotism that took place in the wake of the terrorist attacks... Every car, it seemed, had an American flag on it. In fact, I remember on the railroad, we were putting these big American flag stickers on the side of every locomotive in the fleet. And so many young men and women were motivated to join the military and join the fight against terrorism. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for all of our nation's veterans. And I have done my best to include as many of them as possible here on the podcast. And today, I have the honor of being joined by a true American hero, Brian Chantosh is a retired United States Marine who was awarded the Navy Cross for his heroic actions during the 2003 invasion of Iraq when him and his platoon were ambushed. A part of his Navy Cross citation reads like this. When a Marine following him found an enemy rocket-propelled grenade launcher, First Lieutenant Chantosh used it to destroy yet another group of enemy soldiers. When his audacious attack ended, he had cleared over 200 meters of the enemy's trench, killing more than 20 enemy soldiers, and wounding several others. Okay, so to say that I am humbled to be joined by Major Brian Chantosh today is an understatement. For all of you out there who have lost a loved one 18 years ago here on 9-11, my heart goes out to you. I will never, ever forget those who were murdered on that day, and I will always be thankful for the men and women who have taken the fight to the enemy. So let's do this. Tomorrow on the podcast... Former middleweight boxing champion Kelly Pavlik will be here. And Friday, we have a Frogman Friday with former Navy SEAL Scott Taylor. Please make sure you're telling every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with United States Marine Brian Chantosh. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads. First Class Fatherhood is being brought to you today by Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they sent me their lawnmower 2.0 and i wish they had something like this years ago i can't tell you how many times i've nicked my nuggets in the shower while shaving and you definitely don't want to be using the same razor on your face that you're using down there on the two amigos the lawnmower 2.0 is an electric trimmer with skin safe technology it's waterproof so you can use it in the shower so let's go dads Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are getting 20% off their entire order, plus free shipping by using the promo code FATHER. Go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code FATHER at the checkout, save 20% off, and get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a retired major in the United States Marine Corps. He is the recipient of the Navy Cross, two bronze stars, and many other awards. He is the host of the Crooked Butterfly podcast. It is a tremendous honor for me to say, Brian Chantosh, welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it.
2: All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they?
1: I've got three. I've got a 23-year-old daughter, a 15-year-old son, and an 11-year-old daughter.
2: Wow. Okay. Very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they all into?
1: Oh man, they're into everything and anything. Um, my my oldest is on scholarship right now to George Mason playing soccer, so that's pretty cool. And um, my son is is heavy into lacrosse. He just he loves it. You know, we when we when we first started out, we never really pushed him to. To play anything, he just kind of drifted. We introduced him to things and what, what attracted him. So he's been through soccer and baseball and swimming. He's, he was in the orchestra for a while and, and you know, we just let him take some things. He was, he's a black belt in taekwondo and he just goes and flows and, um, he settled really, really hard into lacrosse, man. So, um, that's exciting. And then my youngest is, um, She's in. The, she just took up volleyball. She's played some soccer, some lacrosse, some baseball. She's played the um, uh, what's the, the the tiny ukulele, and now she's taken up the viola. So um, she's just exploring too, man. You just gotta let them explore. Yeah, yeah, very
2: cool. Do you get involved with coaching at all with the lacrosse or any of the sports? You step back and enjoy that from the sidelines.
1: No, I don't. And unfortunately, so, you know, everything I'll be told, I'm a, I'm a long distance father, which has its own unique set of challenges. Uh, I was, I'm divorced. I live in Colorado and my, my kids live in Virginia. So it creates and presents um, unique opportunities and also challenges to to get involved, stay involved. And, and so there's, you know, the the good
2: and the bad that comes with that. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. You know what, Brian? Why don't you do me a favor here? Take a minute just to kind of hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I was I was in the military. I did 21 years in the Marine Corps, and uh, recently retired. Um, Well, recently I say six years ago. I don't know how time flies, but um, I was in the infantry community on the enlisted side. Was commissioned, and um, getting out of the Marine Corps, I. I just settled a little bit, tried to figure out where I was going to go, heavy into the ultra endurance and CrossFit communities. And um, now I find myself with, with my own business doing some leadership coaching, some, some professional consulting, and uh, just trying to help help an audience
2: just find, find a better themselves. Yeah, very cool. I know CrossFit has become very big. I had Jason Khalifa on the show and a few other guys, and I know that um, it's become very popular.
1: Yeah, man, you want to talk about a great man and an an incredible father. Uh, Jason
2: Kalipa stands out among the the top of the top right there. Yeah, yeah, I was honored to have him on the show. And, and yeah, and thank you, Brian, for your service. How old were you when you you first became a father? And how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? You know, I
1: I was 21. I might have just. Let's see, nine, I, man. I was either twenty or twenty-one when my daughter Sarah was born. I was on deployment,
2: uh,
1: young corporal, um, serving. I was in the middle of a uh, a med float, so it was interesting. You know, you don't really at that age. You know, our emotional development is is still, you know, in it on its journey too. Maybe maybe it is our entire lives. But um, you know, I, w- I was raised in a family. All my all my my parents and all my uncles and everything, they started their families very early and we just, it was just part of that sort of either generation or, or, um, uh, circle of, of family or whatever, or circle people that just, it was like, Hey, you know, you, that was what you do. You, you get out of high school, you go to college or you go join the service and, and then you start a family. And I just kind of was a product of that and, you know, fell in love with an Icelandic girl. And, um, we had a, we had a daughter and it was awesome. It was incredible, you know, um, in the military, you know, op tempo starts to get, get a little crazy, especially the recent, um, you know, 2015, last 15, 20 years, op tempo exceptionally high. It takes its tolls on families, no excuses. Um, and then when you start talking about a, a 21 year old with all those responsibilities plus the added responsibilities of, of fatherhood or parenthood and man, things can get, things can get very, very confusing quick and without a super strong support structure, uh, they, things can go
2: awry fast too. Yeah. I I can't even imagine what it must be like to, you know, be on deployment, having a child serving and all that. Well, what are, what are some of the challenges, you know, of having a child while you're on deployment? And did you ever consider leaving the military because of becoming a father? or Were you already dead set on your 20 years and now?
1: So, you know, um, let's see, that's a, that's a long question. Maybe, um, you know i was immature i was a very immature adult when when i had my first child i mean it just happens to be the time of it you know no right or wrong no better or worse there just that's that's the, where it was and you know you have a you have a kid and you don't make a lot of money in the military you know you got some pretty decent benefits but i mean that's just a lot of pressure for somebody that doesn't have a whole lot of life experience to draw from um uh, but you do your best um the, the added pressures of being on deployment, you know, that we, were, we were fortunate in the Marine Corps, I'm sure all the services have it, but a, but an exceptionally strong um, rear echelon or remain behind unit family support structure uh, in place when units go on deployment. I think through the recent years, that support network that stays at home while units deploy has is, is gotten better and better and stronger, uh, stronger and stronger over the over the years because of, because of all these combat deployments and the high op tempos. So that's really cool. There's a ton of resources pouring in to help families and a lot of attention for the, especially the young families. So, um, I mean, that's, that's out there. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if I remember the other half
2: of your question. Um
1: you know, it was just
2: if you had considered maybe, you know, uh, leaving the military because of becoming a dad or you had already planned on doing the 20 years.
1: You know, I never, I never went into the Marine Corps thinking I was going to do 20 years. I took it one duty station at a time, one growth step at a time, and next thing you know, I find myself at 20 plus years, and and just like, okay, hey, it was never about the retirement. It was just about feeling that you were the best possible you could be for the position that you held, and that there was growth. So I felt that when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was a combination of tired um weary, frustrated, but also that I had been promoted to the limits of my capabilities and that continuing to get promoted and assuming higher command might not be what's what's best fit. Um I don't I don't think I was a particularly good parent or family figure at any time during my career. Uh I routinely put my career first. I routinely put myself first and it's not until recently that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have this awareness that it's not too late. But it, it isn't until the last maybe six to eight years that I realized that hey, man, I, I need to I need to prioritize my family uh, to a greater extent. And uh, it's something that I think about often, and it drives who I am today and what I want to do, and in the decisions that I make. Like, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this go where it where it could go if I don't autocorrect.
2: Yeah, it's one of the reasons you know why I'm so you know grateful for all of you know you and all the men and women that serve. Just because I mean, in, just being a dad in my own daily life and the struggles with my job and focusing on my job, but it's not as if my life is on the line every day or I'm uh, you know in fear of not seeing my family. It's, it's, it's incredible how you guys are able to uh, even have any kind of balance on focusing on your job and on your family life. And I think that the, the greatest videos that we see that I see on social media are the ones where either the service man or woman is coming home to surprise their children. I mean, it just gets me every time I see them.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, it makes me happy. I cheer up all the time. And it makes me happy and it makes me sad. Um, happy for that family. Sad that, uh, you know, the, the decisions I made for my family. But you focus on doing the best you can in the moments that you have. And um, what more can anybody ask of you? You know, we all make some mistakes here and there. So, you know, in and, and different different. Commodities inside the service too afford different chances in in opportunities for families. You know, the infantry community and other combat arms or highly deployed specialized units—they, it's it's really tough, really tough on the families. And some of the other some of the other occupational specialties don't we'll have it's, it. It can be a little bit easier to manage family time, and they're a little bit more forgiving to be able to take the, the family time needed and. Um, but you know that too comes with trade-offs. So there's there's trade-offs no matter what what avenue, what route, or what lot you find yourself in inside the military, or even between branches of service. There's differences, but you know it's, it's definitely family uh, family support network is has really grown a lot, probably from when I first joined the Marine Corps through to today in a good, healthy, positive way. There's a lot more attention and resources being poured into that. And um,
2: it's good. It's needed. Yeah, that's awesome to hear that. And, and being a single dad, what what are some of the uh, fun activities that you enjoy doing with the kids when you have
1: them? Oh man, you know, I go I go to DC every single month. I prioritize uh, my my children, and um, it's something that it's hard to do at time managing between work and clients and, and my personal interests and the things I have going on at home and my current life. But um, I go to DC every single weekend to spend a weekend with them. And, and, you know, it's hard. Uh, In the beginning, I felt like, Oh my God, I have to go there and I always have to be doing something and doing something and engage and everything has to be like a, a little mini vacation for them. And, you know, my son said to me one day when I was visiting, like, Hey, like we could do this, we could do that. What do you want to do? And, He's like, hey, maybe we could just maybe we could just go to the hotel and just spend some time together. And it floored like I'm gonna come to tears now talking about that. It just he taught me something so important in that little conversation in the in the truck ride. And it was that you don't have to you know, in my situation, I don't always have to be making this massive significant impact. It's just being there. It's just being near each other and letting them know that you make the effort and they recognize it and they see it, that you do care and you do love them. And as they grow older, maybe they don't have the, the propensity to understand now or, or to be able to comprehend all of the the circumstances of, of the lot that you have. But as they get older, they'll be able to look back and reflect and, and say, wow, you know, I realize now what my dad was doing and, and the time that he spent and, and, you know, children are resilient and children are, are so forgiving, especially for their parents. I mean, It's almost like a parent has a freebie on forgiveness from their children. They're always going to forgive until you screw it up enough times. Like, they're born automatically trusting, right? And it's not so much the case as as we get older and interact with peers and strangers or whatnot. Forgiveness is not an automatic, and trust is not an automatic. But we have that with our children, and it's ours to lose. And I I don't ever want to lose sight of that. And um, it's something that I just want to hold and cherish um, to the end, man, I want to try and invigorate that sense in, in my children as they grow older and
0: then become parents themselves, you know? Yeah, very well. All right, Dads, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game. and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save 20 bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com, promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Dad, and it's awesome to hear you talk like that just because you 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 do make
2: the commitment to getting there every weekend. And we are facing a fatherless problem in the country right now. We're just seeing the devastating results of what that has on children in their development as they grow older.
1: Yeah, and and the assault on masculinity, but that's a different that's a different um charged conversation too, but um sons and daughters need strong male figures in their life and and the traits that come with masculinity and it, and it doesn't have to be a you know, a traditional male female roles and stuff like that but I mean there's, there's some really good positive traits that come out of masculinity and it, it is just, it's just not all toxic and it's healthy I've seen a change as, as I've been in their lives on routine for a dedicated last five six years now um, absolutely committed I've seen a change in them and it's wonderful and you know and it, and it doesn't all I mean it's ideal that it comes from a parent Right, but it doesn't have to be. It can just be from any strong figure in in a young adult's life at whatever stage of growth they're in. They need both strong women and strong men displaying an array of of traits and characteristics to help you know make their 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 character nice and robust and grow up to be good human beings. You know, and I, I think about that a lot as I mentor a lot of young adults and as part of my my business and um it's just something that that we spend a lot of time talking about man the, the awesome responsibility we have as adults whether we know it or not when when children and young adults are just watching and we're not even aware we have an amazing impact on them at at this at this age between say 7 or 8 to 15 and 16 i mean it's it's incredible that the influence you can have on them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with your hundred percent. there's no doubt that there's an attack on masculinity in the country. There's an attack on the family life. And I just feel like, uh, and on fathers in general, just the way dads are portrayed, uh, you know, in TV, on TV and in the movies. Um, I, I think just all the way around it, it, it could definitely be improved on, on all facets. Yeah. Yeah, man. And how how about as far I obviously uh you know, as a Marine, longtime Marine, you're obviously a very uh, disciplined individual. How are you as a disciplinarian when it comes to being a dad?
1: Well, so you know, that's that's one of the things that um you know my my my, my partner right now, Nicole, we live together and we have these discussions too and you know, i I have this this it's weird, right? I have this luxury of being a a long distance father and, and so when when they come to the house for a week uh twice a for two 10 day periods during the summer, we trade holidays and they come to our house in in Colorado, it's like, it's, it's kind of like always honeymoon phase for me with my kids. And I don't ever really have to be this strong disciplinarian. And so I, I, I benefit from that, but I also recognize it and don't want to, you know, fall into a trap then of always just kind of being like the candy man or something. And, and, and it's hard. So, you know, I can't necessarily speak to that, but it's something that I'm aware of and I, I navigate the nuances of my situation and I try to maintain a healthy perspective of of the different situation or how my ex wife has to deal with being the disciplinarian in their lives and how I need to make sure that I'm supporting that role of hers and not countermining her efforts, you know, but you know, I mean I and also that my, my, my children are so well behaved around me. Um I I mean I'm blessed. You know, my my ex wife is is raising to be wonderful young adults, and I I feel I'm contributing to that energy as well. But you know, hats off to my kids, and just I just want to keep you know fueling that trajectory that they're on. But um, you know, I don't I don't necessarily find myself having to be a disciplinarian. But but you know, it invites me to to ramble a moment about a a parenting philosophy I have, and it's I don't believe my role as a parent is to give my children their opinions or their beliefs. I think my, my role is to help shape them. It's to offer them various different points of view and guide them through an internal discussion and an external discussion on, on the pros and the cons or, or the weights or the different agendas or the, the contexts of, of various different conversations and beliefs and, and allow them to believe what they want to believe and resource them to explore themselves Without like forcing anything on them, keeping them in a safe environment, but also allowing them to take their bruises, you know. And so I, I, I rarely tell my kids no. I would much rather help them go through the thought process of articulating the pros and the cons of a decision, or the costs, or the second-order effects, third-order effects of doing something, and then allow them to to go and. and and building a trusting relationship and open communication so that as they go and drift, they can always get feedback from me. And then I'm just, I'm just ever vigilant to, you know, allow them to trip and fall, but never, never let it be to to walk over the edge of a cliff and, and just kind of keep the boundaries for them loose enough for exploration and self-identification without being so controlling. And again, that's a luxury of the position I'm in as, as a, um, you know, a non-custodial parent. But, you know, I believe in that. I don't want to tell my children what to think. I want to teach them how to think. I don't want to give them answers. I want to help them understand the questions that they need to ask and and always be be processing, be be very, very present and process information to make their own decisions. So I think that is yeah, I don't want to point the finger at the rest of the world in terms of family, but it, it tends to be my opinion, outsider looking in, that in this hectic, fast-paced world and the challenges of challenges of either single parenting or, you know, people that have a fast-paced business life and that shortcuts are taken in that process because it's much easier to say, yes, no, do this, don't do that, think like this, and it takes a lot of time and energy to, to work the other way around. And I'm just fortunate enough to have plenty of energy and plenty of time.
2: Yeah, very well said. I, I love that philosophy. And, and for myself, I have four children. And my oldest with my oldest two, they're 12 and 13. And especially with my 13-year-old, I'm definitely um, enjoying the process of uh, becoming a better listener uh, when I'm having the conversations with them and seeing where they're coming from, where their thoughts are coming from. And like you said, not trying to you know uh, give them their thoughts, but trying to listen to what they're saying and then having an actual conversations, getting fun as they get older.
1: Yeah, man. Listen to understand, not to respond. Right. I think of that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. I think it's Ralph Waldo Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, uh, listen to understand, not to respond. And it's hard not to be a know-it-all with yeah. with your children, but that's exactly what will turn them off. You know, at a certain age, you know, you know, for my son, he. You know, I'm watching his developmental process and and up to a certain age, like he was he was like, Yeah, dad was the know it all and he responded really, really well to that and it was cool, but it was it was selfish of me and self fulfilling to be a know it all and and I'm watching him grow and now I try to take a lesser seat than that and very, very important to recognize that his developmental pattern and where that shift is taking place and how it differs with my daughter and I don't want to be a know-it-all. I don't want them to all I don't want to I don't want to raise or guide children to constantly de- be dependent upon me. My, the goal of parenting is to Raise your children in such a way that allows them to be free thinkers and develop a set of systems and beliefs in order to take care of themselves and be safe and be productive to society and get out and start their own not to not to raise them to be little mini users so that they can be absolutely dependent upon you for the rest of your life because here's one thing for certain: you know you're not going to be around forever and and in the in the the absolute unfortunate event that you outlive a child, which I I would wish never that on any any parent, um, it's just like yeah, hey, you're not going to be there for the rest of their life. It's you need to make them as independent as possible um, at the appropriate time. You know,
2: so yeah, you, you can only wonder what the country would look like if that were the dominating philosophy of the majority of parents across the country. You know, yeah. Um, well, listen. Obviously, you had a you know a decorated military career here. What kind of uh, plans or goals do you have here for yourself for the future? What are you working on?
1: Oh, uh, you know, I'm I'm running I'm running my business now. It's picking up some speed. I'm working on my um personal brand so that I can get get more channels to, to put myself out there to attract people that maybe are interested in what I'm saying or my belief set or my manner of thinking. I, I'm, I love working with, with the young adult range, 11-ish to 17. I'm fascinated with that. I'm helping a lot of veterans through transition or who, who are struggling um, post-exit post of the service. Uh, I'd like to help them get back on track and reinvigorate them towards success and uh you know I love outdoor ultra endurance adventuring and hunting man, so that's that's really what i'm I'm doing but above all of that, my children are number one priority i've I've made that a commitment, and um i'm I'm better
2: at it some days than others, but it's a guiding marker for me. Yeah, very cool. And last thing I want to hit you with here, Brian. I love to ask all dads that I get on the podcast. You may have touched on it a little bit a little earlier here, but uh, what kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: Yeah, don't try too hard. Don't try too hard. You know, there's you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to get forgiven, and you're going to learn. Just constantly be aware and honest that your responsibilities are, are huge, but just don't, don't try too hard, man. You know, you don't need a license to be a dad. Any idiot can be a dad. I mean, nature works that way, right? but any idiot can be a parent. You don't, you don't have to have a license. You don't have to have a permit. Nobody can tell you you can or you can't. And there's, there's most likely a lot of parents out there that maybe are less capable than you. And just not that you should take comfort in that, but like, it's going to be okay, man. Everybody's a parent for the first time on their first time, and and just enjoy it. You know, that's that would be an off the cuff, probably a half a half decent answer right there.
2: Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, uh, Brian Chantosh, you are a first class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood.
1: Yeah, bless you, man. Thanks for reaching out.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Brian Chantosh for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And I really wish we could bring back that patriotism that we saw 18 years ago. We could really use it today. Uh, God bless everybody out there that lost a loved one on 9-11 and continues to suffer from that tragic event. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to have former middleweight boxing champion Kelly Pavlik. Friday, we got a Frogman Friday with former Navy SEAL and candidate for U.S. Senate in Virginia, Scott Taylor. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers, we are first-class fathers.